what is the gospel? I think that question needs to be revisited today in our culture, in our generation, because there has been so many definitions or lack thereof interpretations, I would even say, of the word gospel and what it means that I think we need to revisit it. We need to talk it through and really define this thing called the gospel, which is good news and good news about what? Good news about what? So before we go into it, um, thank you guys again for uh, tuning in. Hopefully you uh, have already subscribed. If not, go ahead and do that and like this content and share it. But today we're going to begin kind of a series um, and I think I want to do it a little bit more frequently, but we'll see uh, than what I have been because there's just a lot of things to talk about and talk through. And, and I, I really do want to lay some foundational things before we dive into some of the more controversial, uh, heavier, deeper topics um, that's presented in our culture and our world today. And even in scripture, some of the things that I think are being interpreted in scripture defined today by culture, we need to revisit really look at it through the lens of God and define it not by how we would, but how God would. And so the foundation for this particular episode is the gospel. What is it? What does it mean? Why do we have this thing called the gospel? Who is it for? Why is it so important? And so just real quick, the gospel literally means good news. Okay. Good news. Um, that wasn't just for Jesus. So the word gospel and good news, um, I know has been thrown around as a Christian word, right? Like we see it in the Bible. It's a Christian word. Yes, it's in the Bible. We see it. However, we got to remember that the culture of that time, the language that was being used is not like Christian language. Okay. It's cultural language that was being used. And so the gospel would have been something that a king would have had. So Pilate and Herod, right? Nero would have had something called the gospel or the good news, right? Of their kingdom, their reignship, if that's a word, right? Uh, of their land and that they were in power, their authority and how people were to follow this particular gospel. Okay. So it was this pronouncement, announcement or message uh, of a king and his kingdom was the gospel. So it wasn't necessarily uh, a Christian thing until Jesus came and Jesus then begins to start saying that uh, the, the gospel, the kingdom of heaven is like, okay? And so because the word was in circulation at that particular time, of course, the disciples begin to implement it in the nature of scripture on what it is, okay? So being that the gospel, the good news, which also is the announcement or message of something, um, was in circulation, they decided to say, all right, well, there is a gospel according to Jesus. So what is the gospel of Jesus? Which then really means um, that there is a kingdom, there's an announcement of a kingdom whose king is Jesus, the Messiah, Okay, who is the savior of the world to make us right with God. Okay, that, that is kind of the broad stroke definition and to give us life and to have it more abundantly. I think a lot of times when we look at the gospel, we, we center it on Jesus saving us. And that is very true. And that is 
correct. That is not an incorrect statement. That is part of the gospel. It is not the complete nature of the gospel. Okay. The complete nature of the gospel is the announcement of the kingdom. All right. If you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see that they consistently talk or it put in their text, right? Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, right? The reason why you see kingdom of heaven in Matthew and kingdom of God later is that Matthew, his specific gospel is writing to the Jewish people. So he wouldn't have used the name God in his writings. It would have been kingdom of heaven, whereas everyone else who are writing maybe to the Gentiles and maybe a mixture of Jews or Gentiles only would have used the nature of God so they can identify which God they are speaking of, which would have been Yahweh. Okay. And so that is the announcement of the kingdom. So it's not just that Jesus saves, which is big deal. It is also that Jesus is king. So the best way that I could put it is in Romans 10, nine, where it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there, those are the two scenarios there, right? The first one is that Jesus is Lord, right? Jesus is king. Jesus is master. Some people have even said, right? Jesus is boss. That is the real foundational thing that we need to understand. Then based on confessing that he is king and that his kingdom reigns, then we believe that he was raised from the dead. And based on that, we are then saved. Okay. The, those are the fundamental principles. And so why am I spending time on that? Why am I talking about that? Why is it important that we understand that the nature of the gospel involves the kingdom? Well, because when we are in a kingdom who has a king, we abide by their rule and their reign, their instructions, their authority. We submit ourselves unto that leadership, unto what that ruler says not to any other ruler. So the kingdom, which is invisible, is here on this earth. We as Christians align ourselves. We pledge allegiance to that kingdom, right? So like some people would say, I pledge allegiance to the flag, okay? We pledge allegiance to Jesus, who is our king. He is our savior. He is our redeemer, okay? So that is where our allegiance lies. At the end of the day, okay, when my life is on the line, my life belongs to Jesus. It doesn't belong to America. It doesn't belong to any other part of the world. It belongs to Jesus, right? So even Paul says, right? So this is not our home, okay? That we have a home with the Father in heaven, okay? So it's very important. And the reason why I need to make sure that's important because as we dissect some topics that we're gonna talk about in culture and society in terms of uh, identity and this word called homosexuality and what does that mean? I can't wait to make a video on that as well. I'm really diving into that and some other things of transgenderism and transracial and trans age, all these different things that are happening right now and things that we are, uh, I guess, being forced to either believe or forced to accept. Um, what does the Bible say? Because it is countercultural to what the culture right now is defining as truth. And so I can't wait to make those videos, but I got to set the foundation of why it's important because if our allegiance is to the kingdom of God, then what the Bible says is the manual and the guidelines of how we are to live in that kingdom. Okay. But Paul goes on to say in Galatians, this is why it's important. Galatians one verse six and seven, it says, I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who are called, who called you to himself 
through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but it is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. This is an important verse for today. It was for then, for the Galatians, and for right now, for the American people and for our world and our society, that there is good news, but then there's fake news. And we've got a lot of fake news out there right now. We've got an agenda. We've got news that's pushing certain things that we are to accept. And and again, I don't wanna go into details into this video because I'm definitely gonna go into details later, but I've gotta lay the foundation on what is good news and what is fake news. And the reality is the good news is that there is a king who requires us to live a certain way and to do certain things. But more importantly, it is surrounded by love. I just want to be really clear. Like, I think sometimes when people look at the Bible or they look at Christians, it's so like there's a stereotype that Christians are going to be judgmental. We're going to point fingers and that the Bible is against certain things. And yeah, the Bible probably is against certain things, but it also is for certain things. And we want to be a people that we want to be known for what we're for more than what we're against. But I, in a society that we're in right now, there are some things that we just have to be clear on and what the Bible says. And we're called to be countercultural and, and not conform to the culture, especially if the culture is against the kingdom of God and what his rules and instructions and guidelines have been for us. And so the good news outweighs the the fake news where sometimes the fake news would even talk about the systematic approach of things, right? So there's systemic racism and and, and things that uh, the government has done to oppress certain people and 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 people are, are, are looking uh, outward on things that are oppressing them. And, and I'm not getting into racism or anything right now in this video, but I just want to address something that when we look at uh, systematically things that uh, people would point the finger at of why we are the way we are and why we're experiencing pain the way that we're experiencing it, we tend to point the finger and look outwards instead of pointing the finger inwards and going, how can I grow? How can I develop? And what is God trying to do in me? Okay. Uh, or, um, and again, I'm not saying that there is not things that people have felt to feel oppressed and uh, th that have felt racism. Those things are very real. Those things have happened. However, when we start pointing our difficulties outwardly on other people, like, because you have done this, this is why I am the way I am. We've got to take ownership in our lives. There've been many people who have grown up in very bad experiences, have grown up uh, in really poor situations have been abused and they've grown up to be successful and they've chosen to make a decision for their lives that their past and their experience is not going to shape their future. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, I think there are some times where people have to go through counseling and they've got to go through healing and they've got to work these things out. That's fine. But we have a responsibility to take ownership in our lives and, and the world wants you to focus on the system and not the sin. Okay. The world wants you to focus on the system, not the sin. Why? Because the reason is, is the system points to everyone else, but the sin points to me. Say, okay, well, is, is it sin for me to feel oppressed or for racial slurs to be thrown at me? No, it, it's not. That's totally wrong. And we shouldn't be doing that, but it's what you do with it. 
What do you do when people say those things? When you feel oppressed or, or when racial slurs are coming your way or somebody cusses you out or something like that? What do you do with this? Because you do have a responsibility to either respond or react. I do have a video of that in a podcast as well on that. You can find it on Apple Music or Spotify that talks about responding versus reacting is how we lead ourselves. And we just got to be really wise and, and develop ourselves on how to really respond to that. Because even now, it's very easy to say to people, well, the Bible says this, and this is why we need to do it, or call those things out like, hey, you're, the homosexuality is wrong, and just put a period on it, and that's it. Well, there's a bigger conversation in terms of those particular topics, and we've really got to have discussions with people. I, I don't like the idea that even me making a video and there's no one else in the room that we can't have a conversation conversation. Uh, and then you just have to take what I say. And listen, I, I'm, I'm down to even like in the comments, write things out. If you've got questions or topics that you'd like for me to cover, I really would like for you guys to put it in the comment section or anything like that. Send me a direct message and let's engage in a conversation because I do feel the way that we're able to grow and progress together as a people is to have ongoing conversations. Remember, I believe love is the thing that continues to connect us together. It, it's when we lose that love. It's when we lose the, the sense of trying to find at least peace and harmony and unity. Even if we disagree on something, can we at least continue to love each other? Can we, I, I don't have to agree with everything that you believe in order to love you. You don't have to agree with everything that I'm saying in order to love me. And that's what we need to keep at the center of our human relationships is love for one another. And even if I don't agree with you, I have to be able to love you still as a human being and as a person. Now, does that mean that I'm going to withhold truth? No, I'm not going to withhold truth because I do feel that as strongly put as some of the ideologies have been in the world towards me and my faith are offensive, I must as well at risk of pursuing the truth, be offensive to others as well. Not because I'm looking to be offensive, not because I want to rub people the wrong way, but because the word of God, as it speaks truth, can be offensive on its own. And I'm going to let the Bible speak for itself more than me. Now, I'll add inflection and dialogue to it, but I just want to be clear. The word of God has its own two feet, its own foundation. It can stand for itself. And sometimes it does offend individuals who don't belong to the kingdom of heaven because it goes against the nature of whose kingdom they belong to. We've got to get to this place though, that we stop being woke and wake up. We've got to wake up. We've got to understand that we are being so divisive. We are being destructive. We are imploding right now. This thing is going to come to a head. The fake news is going to come to a head where we're going to just start destroying each other. And this is this my truth and perspective that's running rampant right now is so divisive. It's scary what the next couple of years are, are going to hold for even like my kid. I, I'm, I'm nervous to see as my kid has kids. What does our culture look like if we don't have people right now that are in the faith, standing up to speak truth, to be bold in it. And we may not know all the answers, but at least we can wrap our heads around what is truth and, and why we are going to give ourselves to the good news of Jesus. Okay. I, I want to, I want to be clear here. Um, Romans 12, two says this, it says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed 
by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you will live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Look, as a Christ follower, this is very clear. There's no confusion in here. I can't imitate the world. I cannot imitate the ideals, the ideology, the philosophy okay, of the world, or even the TikTok theology of the world. Man, it's so uh, just right now, you can put anything out on TikTok, anything out on social media for people to believe and for people to, to consume. And that's why I want to make these videos. And that's why I want to be straightforward in, in laying the foundation here of where we're going to go and what we're going to talk about and really even looking at videos and addressing some of those videos uh, of what's being said. There was a video that was shown to me of somebody on TikTok saying that Genesis was written in poetic language. And that's because, and because it's written in poetic language, there is, there's some, uh, I guess your mind can kind of fill in the blanks at times, uh, to see what the Bible was really talking about because it's poetic. It's not really narrative and it's not really strict and, um, kind of fill in the blanks, if you will. And, and I just want to be clear, Genesis is, is a narrative and it's very strict. And though it's not saying, you know, that there was morning and evening, but it doesn't talk about afternoon and late, late morning <laughs> that, that we can fill in the blanks with anything else. And, and that even when in terms of man and woman, uh, if it's poetic, then, you know, we would assume that that also means transgenderism and, and homosexuality and things of that nature. No, you, you can't fill in the blanks uh, of what the Bible is clearly put in. Second uh, Timothy 2 talks about rightly defining the word of truth, and we must study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that should not be ashamed. And when we look at Genesis and we look at Leviticus and we start looking at Romans, there are some clear passages that maybe to the naked eye are not clear, and I can't wait to get into that video. I'm really excited about diving in those particular words of homosexuality and what does that really mean because it's not found in original text in the manuscripts. Um, but I, I want to wrap up this video because I've said a lot in, in, in this short time in, in about 18 minutes that um, we as Christians are not to conform to this world. We have a gospel that is good news of the kingdom of God. And we submit ourselves to the kingdom of God, to his rule, his reign, his authority, ultimately by his principles how he would have them done and what he says in his word to be true. Not the truth of the world, not the truth of TikTok, okay? The truth of his word because Jesus is king and he came to this earth to establish his kingdom, to save us, to heal us, to deliver us, to give us new life and ultimately that we would know the truth and the truth then would set us free. Ultimately, that's what happens. Your truth does not set you free. A truth does not set you free. The truth sets you free completely. But I know a lot of times we don't feel free in knowing the word of God. We don't feel free. We feel like sometimes the word of God doesn't really make us feel that way. Listen, it's, it's not out to make you feel that way. It's intended to make you free. And then it's up to you to take the necessary steps to then grow in your freedom. The illustration goes like this and I'll, and I'll be done. Look, there was a scientist who took fleas and he put fleas in a little jar and then put a cap 
on the the fleas. And then he left them there for three days. After the three days, he goes to the cap, he takes it off. And you know what? As some of us know, all of us, fleas tend to jump, tend to jump pretty high. Um, after the lid was taken off, do you know the fleas only jumped to where the lid used to be? That's as high as they would jump. He left the lid on and they never exceeded the height of that lid that was there for three days. They became conditioned. They became encapsulated with the environment that they were in. Though they were free, up here, they still were not free and they couldn't break that barrier. So today I want you to know that the truth of God's word sets you free. It's just now steps to get plugged into a group of people to go to a church to begin to spend time with God. So that way you can then realize there is no lid. There is no cap. You're free. Let's journey together in understanding the good news of God and understanding his kingship, how we can apply it. And then ultimately how we can then share this good news with other people and I can't wait for the next few videos. We're going to talk about specific topics of what's happening in our culture. How do we approach it? What are, what are my thoughts? How can I help you with some of those questions that you may be getting? And let's do this journey together this year. Let's make a difference and let's grow together in God's word. Thank you guys again for your time. Look, subscribe again, like and share. We'll see you on the next one.